our competition is not another event. Our competition is Netflix. So we have to stay in front of them and we need to keep them engaged and we need to keep them with us. Otherwise, they're going to go and do something else. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 307. And today, let's find out how to generate ideal leads using live events. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson. And today we're going to dive into the world of virtual and live events to attract and qualify leads. It's such a powerful part of the lead generation process. And our guest today has been behind the scenes of some of the biggest, most profitable client generating events. So I can't wait to share today's guest with you. Now, now, hosting events is a tried and true way to take the superpower that you have inside of you and gather your own community of potential buyers and activate those interested parties and turn them into hot leads and paying clients. And it's part of the strategy of figuring out what your authority platform is. So live events is one of six authority platforms that I teach. If you have been trying to figure out what is going to move the needle, what's going to get my dormant followers, people who are out there looking for what I do, but not seeing me, you need an authority platform. You need a way to stand out and elevate you and your message and your work so that you are seen as a go-to authority rather than blending into all the noise out there. It's a very crowded market, but with the right authority platform, you can shift from feeling invisible and a best kept secret to being the go-to well-paid authority. Now, if you'd like to get your hands on this seven step framework where I teach you how to pick the right authority platform and get out there with a magnetic message that attracts ideal clients and monetize your superpower, which is that thing that you do and you love doing and people cannot wait to learn from you, then you're going to want to dash over right now to amplifywithmelanie.com, download this no cost guide, scour through the seven steps. Plus I gave you a couple bonus tips in there as well and figure out where you're strong, where you need to grow and what is going to be your focus so that the next 12 to 18 months become the most profitable, the most powerful and the most impactful of your entire life. Again, amplifywithmelanie.com. And if I can help you with finding your puzzle pieces and helping you put this journey together so it's aligned and powerful for you, no problem. Reach out, just ask for a fast track call. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back amplifiers. Today we're talking about 17 ways to gain leads now using events. And today I'm introducing you to Shay Wheat of Wheat of Grace and Ease Productions. 
and they support their clients in creating powerful and profitable events, producing in-person and live virtual events from 50 to 4,000 attendees and collaborating with many well-known celebrities such as Dr. Oz, Lisa Nichols, Dr. Claire Zamet, Bill Barron, Allison Prince. Oh my gosh, so many people, Josh Turner and many others. Uh, they assist speak to sell clients to be extremely profitable with their events. And just to give you a little context, just one recent event they did generated over $2.1 million in one virtual live three-day event. That's amazing. Uh, their team handles everything from planning, speaker and sponsor support, as well as the production of virtual live and in-person events to create experiential revenue generating and exciting events for attendees. And Shay's joining me today to help us really discover the power of picking the right kind of event for you and your audience. So Shay, thanks so much for joining me. I was very excited to see you start doing the podcast because right. I know you have such a gift and you've done so many amazing things with uh, events for your clients. I figured it's probably time for me to uh, join in the visibility train and <laughs> Absolutely. start getting the word out about events. Like my clients are already getting crazy awesome results with them. But there's more people out there that deserve to be really reaching their audience at a different level. So I'm excited to share more. Yeah. Well, we kind of let off this conversation that there's 17 ways, 17 types of events mm -hmm. that people could be using to scale their business. Um, tell us a little about that, like uh, 17, like I, I can imagine, I know I can think of at least seven, but I know you've got more. I can't wait to hear what, what you've got. Yeah, absolutely. So depending on where you're at in your business, you're going to be utilizing different types of events for different reasons. So people utilize events for visibility, for lead generation, for um, sales and enrollment into their programs. So there's a couple of different reasons you would be using and hosting events. You can be on other people's stages. But when I really kind of sat down, I was looking at what are all the different types of events that you can be using? And so as I started writing, I'm like, oh, there's 90-minute workshops or masterclasses. There's summits. There's retreats. There's masterminds. There's one-day sales and enrollment events, three-day sales and enrollment events. Like you just keep going. You know, Facebook Lives, a lot of people don't realize Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives and Clubhouse Rooms are also events. And when you put it into that context, it's like, oh, okay. If I follow the formula of everything that's included in the event fundamentals, so to speak, if I'm looking at my Facebook lives as a way to gain visibility or to offer my lead magnet, just like I would put the energy into a three-day sales and enrollment event, how could my results change? And so really kind of dialing in what does that look like for people and how can it actually support you in growing, scaling, and leveraging your company? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm super curious right now because uh, I, I know you from events you've done in the past Yep. and I, I think I know what you're going to say here, but what is the best kind of event that <laughs> makes the most money the fastest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I absolutely love sales and enrollment events, um, particularly three-day sales and enrollment. And what I mean by that is 
It's an event that has not only an event promise, every event you do, whether it's a live or it's a mastermind or it's a sales and enrollment event, every event has an event promise. So your audience is absolutely walking away with X, Y, and Z, whether or not they do business with you or not, right? So that's the first thing that I want to make sure that the audience is aware of. But I also want to look at it from the perspective of when you're starting to scale and leverage your business. In the beginning, you're doing a lot of one-on-one conversations, right? And as you start to grow and you gain your visibility and you have a lot more leads coming in, your schedule just can't handle doing all those one-on-one sales calls. So that's why we take a look at a three-day sales and enrollment event to allow you to go from one-on-one to one-to-many, okay? And in that, you're leveraging your time. You're able to actually put a lot of energy and focus into filling the room bringing in your perfect ideal client, and then supporting them in achieving that event promise, whether they do business with you or not, they're gaining information to take the next best step. And then we also know that a percentage of them are going to be like, yeah, can I um, use your help for accountability and support and community and not fall into the same pitfalls that you've fallen into and help me get there quicker and faster? with this pain that I'm in right now. And so that's why I love those types of events because the audience walks in going, I don't know really what I'm going to get out of this. Like I have an idea. And then they walk away with their mind just absolutely blown and having direction with what it is that they need to do next, which is, I love. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. You know, so listening to you talk and also you know, we're, we're bringing this to the community at a time where we're just coming off a really crazy world event <laughs> that changed how events are run. Yeah. You know, what are you seeing happening now? And as we maybe go into the next six months to a year, are, are people doing these kind of events in person now? Are they still really leaning into virtual? Mm-hmm. Where are people going with this? And what do you see the best way to hold these kind of three-day, what did you call them? Um, enrollment events? Yeah, enrollment events. Uh-huh. Okay. Absolutely. And well, I was actually um, watching something. There was a, a study that came out, the, the State of Virtual Events 2022, which was like a global survey of about 1,200 plus organizers and attendees. And as an attendee, they said 75% of them will attend virtual events after in-person events have fully resumed. Mm, And then 84% of attendees would still like to always have some type of virtual option. So what that tells me is that the virtual will never die. And that will just continue to be a part of our lives going forward. Main reason being is when we made this shift, we ended up taking a look at what was great and amazing with the live in-person events. And we tweaked and adjusted the virtual to go from just a straight live stream where you're just watching what's happening to a very interactive, engaging, you feel like you're in the front row of the event type of experience. And so that will never go away. Now, what we get to take a look at is 
do we want to do just a virtual event or just an in-person event, both of them live still, or do we want to take a look at what's, you know, being thrown around as the hybrid model? And what I'm seeing out in the space is people are really excited to explore what hybrid's about and what it can do. And isn't it better to have, you know, both audiences all at the same time and, and create that one experience. But what I'm seeing is it's really two events. Hmm. It is in order to have the experience that we had on the virtual side being so experiential and the absolute experiential we have in person, you've got to have two teams. You've got to have somebody that's the MC on the virtual side, that's engaging with the audience, that's watching the chat, that's keeping them with you for three days. And you also have to support those in person. And what I've seen happen is the ones that don't engage both audiences, one audience becomes essentially the ugly stepchild, right? And so we need to be aware and conscious of that. We need to be looking at the logistics behind it. So when you're in a virtual space, your breaks are probably 10 or 15 minutes. When you're an in-person, your breaks are 30 minutes to maybe 45 or an hour, depending on what it is that you're doing. Why is that? You've got, you know, let's just say you have a hundred people in the room and they're all using the restroom at the same time <laughs> versus on the virtual side of it, their restroom is like probably 20 feet away, <laughs> right? So what do you do with the virtual audience when the in-person audience is on a 30 minute break? What do you do with them during that time? Yeah. Well, you need to look at having behind the scenes. You need to look at having engagement. You need to look at having maybe additional breakout session rooms to keep them with you. Otherwise, I was I was doing a summit the other day and one of my past clients, uh, Rick Tamlin was saying, our competition is not another event. Our competition is Netflix. So we have to stay in front of them and we need to keep them engaged and we need to keep them with us. Otherwise they're going to go and do something else. You know, the dog's got to go outside and the husband's showing up and the kids are running around and it's just easier to just click off. Yeah. But if we're engaged with them, then they're going to stick around with us. Yeah. Engagement's really, it's such the key to all of it working, mm -hmm. uh, whatever type of event you're doing. And um, I, I think that's a skill set and something that oftentimes people, people don't really understand what goes into creating that kind of engagement. So it's right. definitely it's actually, helpful to have an expert like in that part. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is like a movie, you know, it, you're creating this arc. And instead of the audience watching a movie, the audience is actually in the movie. Mm. So how do we engage them and bring them into that experience and take them on a journey um, over three days, or even if it's a one day, or even if it's 90 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's an arc and a, a way to keep them with you so that they're learning through story and they're learning through the content and then they're doing something and then they're engaging with each other. So it becomes more muscle memory for them. Yeah. Uh, I want to speak to uh, something that I'm sure some of our community is starting to think inside their mind right now. It's like, wow, three days, this feels mm -hmm. like a lot. I don't know if I can pull that off. It's mm -hmm. the, you know, my energy's not there yet, whatever. Right. Is there another type of event that you see really 
effective right now to move interested people into becoming clients that doesn't require three full days? Or is it really like you need to be all in on this, this three-day event type thing? Yeah. So uh, you it depends on what it is that you're doing and where you're at in your business. So if you're looking to gain leads and, and you have the time on the back end to do one-on-one sales enrollment calls, mm-hmm. then you can look at a 90-minute workshop. You can look at a masterclass. You can look at a summit and utilize that to kind of reach out to the masses to bring in the leads and then still have those one-on-one calls, whether you're starting with a lead magnet that sends them to your workshop or sends them to your masterclass on the masterclass, you're going to go ahead and give them crazy awesome value. And then your CTA or your offer is to have a one-on-one conversation with you to dive in deeper because you can only go so deep in 90 minutes, right? Um, I, I was actually part of my summit. Uh, I ended up hosting seven of my six and seven figure clients and asking them how they utilize events to grow their business. And they all had different reasons. And in one of them, um, she was saying that she would, she was utilizing them, but there was a piece missing of like her masterclass where not everybody always shows up, but she made this slight tweak where she's, you, you set it up, they register. Okay, great. On the thank you page, slight adjustment. On the thank you page, she went straight there going, I know life happens. I'm really excited to see you at the masterclass. If, you know, whatever is going on, I just want to make sure that we can still meet one-on-one and connect further and offer the strategy session right then and there. And she saw her conversion rates fly through the roof of people actually picking up time to connect with her Hmm. because they're showing up for a reason. They're saying, yes, I'm registering for a reason, but life happens. And, and so that way she was able to actually support more people and not have to totally wait for just the ones that showed up for the workshop, which I thought was amazing. And just like a, a huge no brainer. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing how, you know, little tiny adjustments can make huge, huge transformation in, in the success rate of something. I love that example so much. So, okay. So we're going to do an event. We recognize that our events are a way to uh, you know, really deeply connect with people and create awareness of how you can solve their problems and help them achieve that they want. Now there's knowing we're going to do event and then figuring out the strategy <laughs> yes. to really build that connection mm-hmm. and then fill the event in yeah. a way that people who can buy from us are going to be in that space. Like talk to us about that process of mapping out a strategy? Yeah, the, there's actually five event fundamentals that every event that you do, you must look at and pay attention to. So the first one is taking a look at your audience and your ticket sales. That, that question right there is probably the one I get the most and do a lot of my coaching and consulting around, um, you know, I created a class out of it just because I get that question so often is how do I find my audience? How do I get them to show up? How do I make sure that they're actually going to show up? What is the stick strategies involved? How do I know how many speaking engagements I have to do or uh, masterclasses or summits in order to sell tickets to get to come to my event in the first place? All of that comes down to what we call a ticket map. 
So we literally map out how you plan, how you're going to fill your room. So that's the first one of the event fundamentals. So now you have a map and then you just go in and follow the map, right? The second one is your run of show. What in the world are we actually going to talk about? <laughs> Especially <laughs> for three agenda? days, right? <laughs> What's the content? What's the agenda? How are you supporting them? Um, why are they going to show up in the first place? You know, what is that content piece? The third event fundamental is your offer strategy. And this is uh, one of the biggest mistakes I see people not actually pay attention to, you know, especially if they're doing, let's say a clubhouse or a Facebook live or something. They're just like, "Eh, I don't need an offer strategy. I don't need to run a show. We always start with the end in mind. Every single event you do, you deserve to have some type of offer strategy. Now, it doesn't need to be go buy my program every single time. And if anything, we suggest you not. (laughs) Depending on the event, that doesn't make sense because then you end up going, hi, nice to meet you. Let's go get married. Uh, It's not appropriate, right? If it's in the nice to meet you phase, let's stay there for a little bit. But you still have some type of offer strategy, whether it be your free gift or it be you know, DM me and I will send it to you, whatever the case may be, you want to still have some type of offer strategy. Even if you're, if it's just engagement you're looking for, type me in the comments below if this is resonating with you, right? That's still a form of an offer, getting that engagement. The fourth event fundamental is your support team. You should not do this by yourself. There's, there's, I can attest to that, by the way, (laughs) so many things that come with planning and producing an event, whether you're looking at a three-day event or you're looking at a, you know, 90 minute masterclass, you want to make sure that you have some type of support team, whether it be AV support, production support, chat support, help desk, you know, do you have websites? Do you have somebody that's helping you make your sales page? Whatever it is, you want to make sure you're not the only person that knows all the information because you are the event host. You are the one that's on stage engaging with the audience, getting them crazy awesome results. And that's where I want you to stay is really stay in that genius zone and not be worrying about is the food coming out? Am I going to break next? What am I supposed to tell them when they go to break? What is happening next? Because you're in the moment. I want you in the moment and have your support team support you and leading you through to the next steps. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth fundamental is your budget. You got to look at the numbers, right? Especially as you start to grow into the larger events, you definitely want to look at the numbers. Um, there's nothing that we do where we're just grabbing spaghetti and throwing it at the wall. Everything is looked at, it's reviewed, it's got backups to it. And we want to know black and white. What does that look like? Does it make sense? There's been a number of times that I've been on a call with somebody and they said, I want to do this type of event and have this many people and have this type of thing happen. And I'm going to offer it for this much. And I look at them, I go, That no, no, because it doesn't make fiscal uh, sense, right? I want you to either be, if your goal is to be breaking even, great, but my goal is to really help you make a profit because the more profit you have, the more you can continue to engage your audience and grow your list and grow how you're supporting people. 
And if you don't, if you can't feed your family and you can't feed yourself, then what good are you to anybody else? You have to put that mask on you first. So we make sure that we look at the budget, we're looking at the numbers, we're making sure that it actually makes sense. And if it doesn't, we tweak and adjust it until it does. Yeah, uh, I that's so well uh, mapped out. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've given each of those their own phase, their own fundamental, because one without the other is not going to work. So right. thank you for making that so clear and concise for us. Absolutely. Um, I feel like events are such an important part of how we um, like not only how we like attract clients and like get them to become like enrolled in our programs. Like we got to give a created container where they get to know the work in a more deep and intimate way. Um, But I also think it's an authority positioner. So yes. if you think about the authority and, and so we say authority in, in the way it's like, these are the people that stand out in the market and people go, oh, that's what they do. Like there's a clear like moniker or brand position because their event, how do you see that playing out uh, for your clients? Yeah. Um, really events allow you to become a player in your industry and your peers really start to notice. Um, It also opens up doors for bigger speaking gigs, bigger stages, high level podcast. It it really supports and changing the game for you completely. Um, I've seen clients just take radical jumps in the status amongst their peers. uh, So much so that one of my clients, she ended up, we we supported her in doing an event. She ended up bringing in $300,000. Um, and, you know, was getting out there and really making a difference for people so much so that, you know, she ended up becoming um, a regular on Tony Robbins stage because they saw that she was an expert in what she was doing over here. And they wanted to bring her in to support their audience in learning that skill set. Since then, she's also been, been a featured teacher on a Netflix series. So that's like a huge ah, (laughs) moment of how stages really do support you in gaining visibility on a different level. Um, I think there's probably also some subconscious um, behind the scenes people don't really know, but they're like, I see you, right? You've done big things. You've done an event. You're, you know, stepping up outside your comfort zone. You're making an impact in other people's lives on the masses. I'm doing that. Let's hang out. What are what's working for you? What's not working for you? It just kind of puts you in a different ball game with the rest of your peers. Ah, totally agree. Absolutely, totally agree. Uh, Shay, you're obviously brilliant at what you do. And I, I know from personal experience, you, you know, you've had so much experience here. I'm imagining that we've got some community members here who that it's time for them to start hosting their events or they're looking for more support. Um, you've got a resource that you'd like to share. You want to share with people how they can access that and what it is and how it's going to help them. Yeah, absolutely. So Uh, What I was realizing is that people come to me and they're like, oh, I really want to do events, but I don't know if I'm quite ready yet or what event should I be doing right now or what makes sense. So 
in all of my, my years of working with, you know, speakers and coaches and experts, I've really kind of narrowed it down to the five phases of event leverage. And so the gift I have for your audience today is literally taking a look at, we've got like a little diagram that you answer yes or no questions on to figure out what phase you're in. And then based on what phase you're in, we'll tell you what events you should be doing and hosting right now or should not be hosting. Because I don't want somebody in phase three looking at doing an event where they're trying to fill a room of a thousand people, right? I want you to do phase three types of events where you're growing your authority. Uh, so the download I have for them is fivephases.info. And that's spelling out the word five, F-I-V-E phases with an S dot info forward slash amplify. And what you can do is you'll just go ahead and click the link, um, enter your information. We'll go ahead and get that emailed over to you. And when you realize what phase of event leverage you're in, it'll also tell you how you move to the next phase. So whether you're in phase two, moving into phase three, you want to rock out that phase and move on to the next one. And it just kind of gives you that roadmap to do so. Oh, I love it. Wow. That's, that's, I, I love that you, you're helping people figure out what type of event that is right for them, depending on the phase. So that's, yeah. that's very, very valuable. Yeah. I've had uh, people so, go, Oh, I get it now. I'm, yeah. I'm in this phase, like just blinders on rock that phase and then move on to the next one. Yeah. So personal experience, what you don't want to do is shoot for like a type of event that you're not ready for. Exactly. Um, because it's, it, first of all, it's very stressful and overwhelming, but it's mm -hmm. also a great way to go bankrupt very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> so, it is. Sadly. So just, <laughs> no, you, we want to reach, we want to stretch. We want to like, you know, become the person that can pull off these bigger events. And there's something really valuable, valuable about recognizing where you're at and what's the right step for you at that stage of your journey. So you said yeah. five phases.info forward slash amplify. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Okay. So Shay, this is the moment that I like to ask some kind of like questions more about you and who you became along the way, because mm -hmm. obviously you're doing great things. You're making a big impact for your clients, but you had a lot of your own journey to get where you are where today. Absolutely. What would you say is the boldest thing you ever had to do to amplify the success of your business? Uh, it was leaning in and saying yes. So let me explain. Um, back in the day before I even had my business, I was speaking on stages trying to figure out what in the world I was going to do with my life, right? I'm a Reiki master and I'm in a network marketing company and I'm managing an apartment complex. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so uh, I was just messing around with the, the guy that had the mic in front of me because it was a multi-speaker event. And I'm like, hey, don't go spitting on my mic, dude. <laughs> you know, Come to find out he was like the head of education for Dr. Oz's nonprofit. And just years before I had met his sister, Saval, gotten connected with her. And he's like, wait, hold on. She's best friends with our CEO and we're doing a women's conference. You should help us. And I looked at him and I said, okay. <laughs> And so it was that bold decision of saying yes and figuring it out. 
um, that really just kind of set me on the, the journey that I'm now where I'm at today is because I just continue to say yes and know that the universe always provides and will show a way, even if I don't understand or know how I'm going to make any of it work or pay for any of it or take the next step. Hmm. Love that. So I want to just make sure um, our, our listener really gets that you did not have everything figured out. Mm-hmm. You did not have your perfect system in place. Mm-hmm. You had an opportunity and it felt right. And you trusted that and said, yes, that's correct. Yeah. I had no money. I had no business plan. I had no, I didn't know how I was going to charge them. They're like, how much do you want for this? I'm like, um, how much you want to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to highlight that Shay, because so many times the fear of, ha- of getting it right and being perfect and having to have it all figured out paralyzes people from like leaning into an opportunity when it presents itself. And this could be at any stage of your business. This doesn't have to just be, you know, in the beginning where you're trying to figure out what you are, but it can be the, when it's time to go to that next level or when Absolutely. you're being given an opportunity to um, have a visibility strategy or, you know, take a course or, you know, shift your role to CEO, whatever that is, like you don't have to have it all figured out. What you do have to do is listen to the intuitive hit. And when it, it feels right. And you're like, there's something about this, even though I don't know it all trust and say, yes. So thank you for being a catalyst for that clarity today. Absolutely. And what's one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Uh, yeah, probably getting on like more podcasts and starting my visibility sooner. Uh, I am, I would say I'm, I'm an introvert, introverted extrovert. Um, I like to engage people, but you know, I'm also very, very comfortable just sitting behind the scenes. I run produce events. Like I'm not on stage. Like I'm very comfortable there. And uh, I would say I, I would rather have done it sooner to get out there visible more, uh, would be the, the, probably the biggest thing. Yeah. I love that because I think a lot of people are like, ah, oh, I got referrals. Oh, yeah, I got a steady client base. And then you're mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, I, I could actually be having a greater impact. Like, oh, I could actually grow it, this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, yeah. like I was saying earlier, I just did my very own first summit. I've produced events and summits before for clients, but I just did my very own. And the, um, the people I'm connecting with now are just like, thank you so much. I gained so much out of it. I didn't even know what I didn't know. I, you know, was looking for you, this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's true. They really are looking for what we have to offer and how dare we not step up and get out there and become more visible to support them in getting out of the pain that they're in. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. Shay, thank you so much for joining us today. And again, I would encourage you to jump on this uh, great resource that Shay's offering, fivephases.info slash amplify. Absolutely. Thank you, Shay. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. 
Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going. And I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 